0: I drove a long way home yesterday because I knew something was going to happen today, and I was not missing this service. (laughs) We almost caught on fire on the way home. Not in the spirit, (laughs) but um, we're okay. David said it was prophetic. I take that, but I don't need more than one sign. (laughs) <laughs> what happened yeah, need you need to know the story <laughs> let's just say if a couch cushion flies off of a van in front of you or a truck oh, and it gets stuck under your car and you don't know it at 80 oh. excuse me 70 <laughs> <laughs> I was hungry <laughs> <laughs> when you when you rat yourself out publicly Tiffany was driving. Um, <laughs> no, that's just wrong. <laughs> it,
1: um,
0: it got wedged under our car, and the cushion started to light on fire. And I didn't know it, because it was wedged under my car. Wow. And uh, Holy Spirit is good. He, uh, he told me before the trip, he said, John, bring a flashlight. I never bring a flashlight on vacation like this, so I packed a flashlight. It's like, why am I... Tiffany even said, she's like, why do you have a flashlight in your bag? I don't know. So we're getting out. It's pitch black. It's raining. I'm like, hey, I have a flashlight. And uh, long story short, um, we got it out. It, it took us a little while, but we got it out, and everybody was good. So it didn't completely catch on fire, but it was getting close. You ought to see what a cushion looks like after you drag it at high speeds. So we were good we were good we went on a trip our family and we had the best trip we've ever had just a sweet time together so thank you for everybody that, that did everything while we were gone and thank you guys for allowing us to go and being kind we had a great time didn't we Addie we had a good time didn't we yeah she turned seven while we were gone She's been waiting for years to go in kids' church. And the first week, she's seven. She's like, Dad, there's no kids' church. So if someone wants to go hold a special kids' church in a classroom for my daughter, you can do that. Thanks, Jesus. Well, I got a couple thoughts, and that's all I'll have time for. But it's going to go right with what God's doing. But I need you to do this. I'm going to have time at the end for testimonies. um, If you have a testimony, whether it happened today or it's happened since you've gone to the gate, but relating to this house, um, I want you to come up and share it at the end. It could be physical healing. It could be emotional healing. It can be any kind of something (laughs) God's done in your life. I'm telling you now so when we get to the end and I say I need testimonies you're not oh I didn't think about that. So think about it. I'm going to take like maybe 5 or so at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the th- responsibilities that we have in this house is to be an apostolic church. I say that, some people are like, I don't even know what that means. And so, when I, when I use the word apostle, I've shared this before, but I'll just share this little repeat of what I've shared before. In Roman times, there was an apostle that was, a, it was the lead ship in an armada of ships. <laughs> And the job of the people that were aboard this ship was to go into territories that the Roman Empire had conquered. They would go into these territories and the responsibility of them was to come in and to make the territory look like home. The purpose was, is because when the Roman, well, they would go in and they would recreate Roman culture. They would introduce Rome's education, Rome's language, their art, their road systems their buildings they would go in why? the purpose was to make it feel like home because if the emperor of Rome ever set foot in this country they wanted the emperor to set foot in the country and it felt like home this was the job of the apostleship you with me still? some of you may have heard this but I just need to repeat this for you guys when we read scriptures, and I don't have time, I have a whole list of scriptures today, so I'll give you as many of them as I can. When we read scriptures like Matthew chapter six, verse nine, it talks about the Lord's prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, thy will be done. That is one of the most, apost- it's probably the Mac Daddy of apostolic prayers. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So an apostolic mission is to say, I need to take here on earth, and make it look like his home. Yeah. Yeah. You with me? I know you've been in the glory, so I'm going to give you a moment cuz I know your mind's a little slower. You've been in the presence. So really simply, that's that's the history of the word apostle. There was an apostle ship. That was the head of a bunch of ships, and their job was to come in and make this area look like home. So when I say things like we're an apostolic house, the mission on this house is as land. I believe that some people take land. I believe that some people build on land. A lot of times they're not the same ministry. Bill Johnson says something that's profound. He said there is often warring ministries and building ministries. They're both important, but rarely are they the same ministry. And he uses the example of King David. Remember when King David, he was a warrior. He was the greatest warrior that we have probably in our Bible. Remember when he wanted to build a house for the Lord? Remember what the Lord told him? He told him no. Why? Because you had blood on your hands from fighting the wars that I told you to fight. It wasn't wrong that he fought them, but he was a warrior. Now, I'm not saying that the two don't overlap because I believe that they do, but I find that there's ministries that primarily war and there's some ministries that primarily build we have a call to build we also have the privilege and I'm not just saying that because they're in here that my parents pastored before me and they want a lot of land mom and dad right here and see so we get to come in and we get to build And I want you to to understand something about making, if we're going to take land, and we're going to take the land, and as Solomon came in, it said Solomon was so filled with wisdom that there was peace surrounding him. He was so filled with wisdom that people would, royalty would travel just to see the way that he set his table. He was so just excellent. His father David had won the land, and I know Solomon had a poor ending, but thank goodness we don't base everything on mistakes. And he also had, right? Yeah. If you don't aim in anything, you're going to want to aim in that. <laughs> so we're called to make earth represent heaven. Heaven was never meant to be just a destination we live toward, heaven was always meant to be a model we live from. It's really big because when we take everything and just say I just, just, I just want to hang in there until I get to heaven what a terrible way to live life when you were designed to be an overcomer like he created you in his image it is in you to overcome things <laughs> if you're not overcoming it will bother you because you were created to overcome I mean that people need to understand I want everybody as every person in this room you were created to overcome something you are not created to be overcome. But if we're going to do this, and if we're going to walk in this apostolic calling that's on this house, I believe that we have to keep the priority of his presence so central. Because that's the absolute core of what we do. I, I think about it. You, I, I think about it all the time how amazing you have the leadership team, and I'm not talking about myself. I'm just saying in general, worship, leaders, you guys are so blessed. Like, you're so blessed. And I'm always thinking, I'm like, Lord, is it just simple that really all I want to do is just host your presence? Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, sometimes I've, I almost like feel this it's so simple. It's like, it's all I want to do. Like, when I come in on a Sunday morning, I, I don't have to do this unless the Lord gives me something I need to talk about. I love his presence. I love his presence. If, if you know me personally off of this platform, you should know I, I really love his presence. And I was thinking about, I was going to talk about the fear of the Lord and it took me on a rabbit trail and I somehow ended up on the Ark of the Covenant. I love the stories of the Ark of the Covenant. My favorite one was when they put it in a room with the false god. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh, Dig on, dig on, dig on. Oh, he was dig on. And uh, <laughs> it's corny, I know. <laughs> I got lots of corny arc jokes. It was this is a dad joke. It was like when Yuza got struck by the arc. The arc wasn't user friendly. And so, <laughs> come on, that's my last one. I promise. This is my last one. <laughs> I've been holding on to that one for years. So I finally got to bring it out of my pocket. <laughs> I'm really not that corny. I, I don't think. Maybe I am. Um, and, so, and, and so here's the ark, and, and, and there's so many incredible things because at that point in time, we're in the old covenant. We're not in this new covenant where he dwells in you and I. And so they basically created a box, and God said, I'll dwell there. That was where he physically, when he physically was dwelling on the earth, he physically, his physical glory and presence rested in this box. Powerful powerful. It's hard for us to understand because we all have the opportunity to walk through the doors or at any point in time have that same presence manifesting on us. They didn't. It was in that box. And there's the story of where they put it into a room with Dagon, which I love because he just, Dagon could not stand up before God. I hate to tell you, but that one passage blows that coexist sticker out of the water. You couldn't put two gods in one room They could not coexist One kept bowing down to the other So anytime I see that I'm like that's so cute Silly but cute Because when you put the presence in the room With any other whatever is going to bow and so they kept putting him in there, and you know his head fell off, his arms fell off, and he's like, by the, he's just a nub by the end. I mean, had to be humiliating to the people that worshiped Dagon. It's like, it's just a nub now. It's like this, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Inside this box, this box was a wooden box that was covered in gold. In Exodus, God gave the instructions how to build it. This is really important that you get this. The instructions were downloaded by God how to build this. Everybody heard that. You got to get that. Because if you don't get that, everything else I say from here is pointless. God Himself told them how to build this and what to put in it. Now, I don't know about you guys. Tiffany and I, we love hosting people, we love hosting um, specifically ministers. That come through. It's such an honor for them to stay in our home. Um, we've even, we've tried to create a space for them that they feel comfortable in. And one of the things, if you're a host, you know this, people, especially the people that are like over-the-top hosts, they want to know, like, I want you to walk in and from the whole time you're there, it feel like you're at home. Yeah, maybe you're you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to know what kind of coffee you like. Do you like cream or do you not like cream? What kind of creamer do you like? Do you like blackout curtains? Do you like the light in your room? Do you like a noise machine? Do you like it silent? All these different questions, you know, that we just, we want to try to find out what will make you feel comfortable. What do you want in your room? I find it interesting when God put together a design for a place for his presence to rest, he told them what he wanted in his room. Now, this is important because this was the only place at this point in time where the physical presence of God was resting. And he said, these are the things that I want in my room. Now, everything that I'm talking to you about was a prototype that was pointing towards what we now get to live in, which is a better covenant. It's a new covenant. So everything I'm going to talk to you about was pointing towards something greater. But it's important sometimes to go back and see where it all pointed from. And so we have this box. And inside of this box was the tablet of stone, a jar of manna, and the almond rod of Aaron. Aaron. Now, this is interesting. I'm not going to go on, I I don't have any time to teach on what these could be. I believe that the the Lord could, they represent so much. And by the way, I just love the word manna. It means, what is it? Isn't it funny? God gave them something and they're like, what is it? That's what we're going to eat. What is it? I just think that's funny. So God says, He says, My presence is going to dwell in this, and there's three things that I want you to put in it. The tablet of stone, the jar of man, and almond rod of Aaron. I want you to catch this. God wanted to dwell among the testimonies of his goodness. He gave these instructions. This is important because I believe that there is... There's something in this that if we as a house want to experience levels of God resting in this place, and I mean like not just in this place, but in us, resting in us in ways we've never seen it before. Let's go back to the one time that they said, what do you want in your room? I want to abide amongst the testimonies of what I've done. Actually, in certain passages, it's called the Ark of the Testimony. I don't think that we maybe understand how powerful the testimony is. It's more than just a, um, you know, I want to tell about what happened to me and it was exciting and hooray. But he wants to dwell among that. The Bible says, and write these down, Revelation chapter 19, Revelation 19.10 says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, this is important to understand because if I'm telling you, hey, God wants to dwell among the testimony of his goodness, it's important that you understand what the testimony is. And so we see probably the most powerful scripture we can on the testimony in Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. It says, the testimony of Jesus is, is the spirit of prophecy. Everybody say, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When I prophesy, okay, when I, now I'm, don't confuse the whole prophetic ministry with just prophesying either. Come on, it's really important because I think some people think everything with the prophetic ministry is just prophesying. Prophesying is a part of the prophetic ministry. Just say amen. You're going to be a head shake or something. <laughs> That's important. When we prophesy over people, though, many times when we prophesy over somebody, it's typically we're either inviting them into something God's doing, or sometimes when we prophesy, we, meet, we see an immediate thing happen. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes when we prophesy over people, you watch it, something shifted. I always like to remind people that prophetic words are they're invitations it's really important you understand that they're not guarantees but there's no lack on his side it's, a, it's, it's invitation into what God wants to do with you why? because God values your maturity God values your maturity too much to bypass the process if there's one thing I've learned in ministry is that most people that are stuck in a tough situation would love for you just to be able to go, you're done. And rarely does that happen. I mean rarely. I bet you very few times can I remember I went and ministered to somebody and in that room everything was dealt with. They went and they were changed. They were good. They were done. Those are rare occasions. Usually what we get to do is facilitate a conversation that starts the process of you becoming more mature. I know that the word maturity and glory are hard to put together sometimes, but I think if we want to experience more presence, we have to become more mature. (laughs) Presence isn't cheap. The presence isn't cheap. It will cost you something. People that you like and admire and you follow on social media and you read all their stuff, typically they pay a long journey that you don't have any idea about. It costs them something. The Bill Johnsons of the world were in Weavervilles for many years in a little town. Little town. It, It takes time. There's a maturing process. But maturity is not developed in the absence of options. God wants us to live among, he wants to live among the testimony of his goodness. There's a scripture in Judges. I'll read this one. Judges chapter 6. Judges uh, 6.11, one of my favorite scriptures, talks about the angel of the Lord came to Joash where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. How many understand you don't typically thresh wheat in a wine press? And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. How many of you know he was prophesying? I'm giving you some prophecy 101 here. The angel of the Lord came to him and said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. He has prophesied into that boy because he's, he's hiding in a wine press. <laughs> Pardon me? <laughs> That's what he says. Pardon me? I love when God surprises us that much. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Anybody ever said that? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Want, want, The Lord turned to him and said, go in strength you have, go, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. He's prophesying. Go in the strength you have. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord? I love how he just keeps coming back. Excuse me? But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered and said, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon says, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offerings and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. And Gideon went inside and prepared a young goat and put in the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. And the angel of the Lord said, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place it on the rock and pour out the broth. And then the tip of the staff that was in his hand fire flared from the rock consuming the meat and the bread and the angel of the Lord disappeared And when Gideon realized it was an angel of the Lord he exclaimed alas sovereign Lord I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face but the Lord said to him I want you to get this peace do not be afraid you are not going to die remember that fear thing I was talking about that's not that little just reverence. He's like, he thinks he's gonna die. <laughs> so, Gideon, um, so Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and he called it, the, this is what he called the altar. The Lord is peace. I want you to just take that a minute. Here's Gideon. He's hiding. He's threshing wheat. He's in a wine press. The Lord comes to him and says, hey, mighty warrior. And the Gideon says, me? He said, yeah, you. And he walks him through this process. And what's happening? The angel of the Lord is prophesying over Gideon, you're a mighty warrior. You're going to save your people. But What happens? I want you to understand that when you begin to walk in a prophetic word, how many know that Gideon had to do something? Yeah. But here's the thing. Right in that prophetic word, peace was released. This is really important to understand because I do believe in the prophetic, in the, in the ministry of prophecy. When I prophesy over you, there should be peace. If there's not peace, I typically will question it. If there's not peace, I will always question it. Are you with me? I'm not talking about sometimes the Lord will push us out of our comfort zone. I'm cool with that. I'll still feel his peace. Because I know his peace. And so it happens. He calls him out. He prophesies to him. He He begins to speak over what he's calling him into. And he begins to rise up. Now the Lord said, "I want to dwell in this place where there is the testimony. The testimony this is, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy." You have to understand this. It's, it's, maybe it's, I'm going to beat the same thing over and over, but the Holy Spirit, how many understand that the Spirit of God is the Holy Spirit? Amen. That's a spirit. the spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God the testimony is the spirit of prophecy I I can tell by your eyes you're hanging in there the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God the testimony is the spirit of prophecy everybody you meet when you meet me what, what drives me what's pushing me is the spirit behind me my spirit you can usually tell the spirit on a person immediately. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever you say, they've, they've got, Aria, she has such a spirit of kindness. She has such kindness. She has such love, such just tenderness. Those are things that I know is in her spirit. I can go through the room and I can say, your, your spirit is this, your spirit is this. That's what drives you. When we sit down with people and their life is falling apart, we're gonna go straight to the spirit realm because that's what's driving everything. We're not going to sit here and, oh, this happened, this, happened. Let's just go ahead and jump right to what's going on in your spirit. We have to understand the importance of the spirit. So we have to understand that the, with the testimony, it's spirit, with prophecy, its spirit is testimony. The two cannot be separated. You can't separate the Holy Spirit from God. It's a spirit. Are you with me at all? Okay. This is really, really, really important because this is the thing that he said, I want to dwell with this. I want to dwell with the testimonies. Testimonies, not only are they powerful at calling people in, but when it comes to testifying, the word testimony, if you actually take it and go back and look at the Hebrew root of testimony, it actually means to do it again. This is where it gets fun because when you get up here and you prophesy and said, I don't know what happened. I was getting prayed for. And all of a sudden, my back got healed. Not only did you just give thanks for that. By the way, this is my Thanksgiving sermon. Not only did you just give thanks for that. And this is as good as it gets. That I had to throw it out while I said thanks. I'm terrible at holiday sermons. Um, it just hit me when I said it. I'm like, bam, it's a Thanksgiving sermon. <laughs> as long as you gave thanks for it. That's powerful. But you're also prophesying to anyone in the room. If you did it for me, good news. The moment I speak it out, I just released it to happen in you. And this is where things get powerful because people begin to speak out. They begin to write. That's why we're always asking people, we want to hear, we want to hear. It's not to stroke our ego, it's because more people can get healed when you share it. It's not about us. We're the gate. The whole name, the gate. Gates aren't that impressive, they're gates. We are something that you get to go through. That's what a gate is. That's it. I love of people ask me, what's the gate mean? It's really not that, it's not that impressive. It's like an in, in and out, you know? Ooh, you know? But we get to be a place where it's an access point. And so when we ask people, we say, we need your testimony. Share what God has done. That's why we're going to do it here in a moment. And when you share it, when you get bold and you share it, people are going to hear it and they're going to get their healing. almost done I told you it was going to be really short (laughs) maturity is not developed in the absence of options we need to get this the most perfect picture I can show you is when God created everything and it was perfect before the curse why would he put a tree in the garden That wasn't, you couldn't eat from that. Because he knew without options, there couldn't be freedom. There has to be options. Those of you that are parents, try to take away all your options from your kids. They'll find more. They'll always find options. You may think they don't. They'll find them. Why? Maturity is not taking away options. It's trying to empower them what to do with the options. God set the example He created the garden He put the tree in the middle of it And said I can't create Mankind with free will If I don't give them an option You can't empower your children If they don't have options It's the scariest thought for parents And it is sometimes scary But they have to have options God values maturity He values the process He values it so much That when he prophesies When the testimony happens And the spirit of prophecy shows up And people begin to testify And prophecy is happening And you feel it You feel something stirring in you He's inviting you saying I want to get you from there to there The invitation has been extended But you have to go from there to there Now I'll show up right here And I'll give you peace that you need But you're still going to have to go to there Where some people really kind of get off the the rail is that they feel the peace and then they just kind of sit there in it. I see it sometimes. I prophesy over people and I'm prophesying and you can feel God move and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then like five years later, have you done anything? No. Why? You felt the peace on the prophetic ministry. You felt the hope on the prophetic ministry, but you haven't gotten there yet. Don't stop with that. That's powerful. But it's just to get you over here. Right. That's good. We're doing something wrong if we're not releasing hope and peace when we're prophesying. Yeah. The word said that the prophecy should be edifying. Right. Mm-hmm. We, 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 <laughs> this is prophecy that's not edifying. This is a edifying prophecy zone. This house. Amen. Like, I'm putting that out there. This is an edification zone. <laughs> Some of you have been places and gotten... Not so edifying prophecies. This isn't. <laughs> this is important. If we're going to minister the testimony of Jesus, we have to know how to prophesy. If we want to have an increased presence, we have to know where He rests. And there's two things that I can tell you. In the ark, He rested with the testimony of His goodness. We also know that He abides in the praises of His people. There's two things that I can tell you this morning that as we do those well, He will intensify. It's important to note, and I say this often, that you praise, I praise. When we come together, it's praises. We need each other. We need each other. I can stand here and give my praise to the Lord, but I need to do it with you to have praises. It's kind of like you're a believer, we're the church. You still with me? Yes. Let's, let's bring this in for a landing. I have the tablets of stone. There's so much you could build off of this, but I'm just going to throw out what I felt this morning. I believe that's a representation of the covenant. It was not the best covenant, but it was a covenant. You've got the manna. <laughs> John six thirty five. he said, I am the bread of life. He's pointing towards something greater. You had, the, you had the rod of Aaron, which was so cool that it bloomed in, when it was dead. That kind of blows the argument. Well, it's just not my season.
1: <laughs>
0: I've used that one too. Don't feel bad. <laughs> I was using that one for a while, and then the Lord was like, that's terrible. That's <laughs> like... Because then he began to show me scriptures like the tree that's planted next to the water that bears fruit at all times. I believe that we have different fruit in different seasons, but I have yet to find a season that's okay not to have fruit. But I do believe you can have different fruit in different seasons. And so you have this Aaron's rod, and we know that it bared fruit. It was also a complete sign, wonder, and a miracle. but I believe the peace to get from this is that when God wanted to dwell, he said, I want in with me the testimonies of my goodness. That's what I want to be with. This may feel simple to you, but it blew my world when I got this, that he wants to be around the testimonies. Like, Like you want to see God move you want to see God really, really show up in your life, begin to testify. Find three things that he is doing when you don't feel like he's doing anything. Like, like as you're coming into this holiday of giving thanks and sometimes you don't feel it, seriously, find three things he is doing and give thanks. And watch as you begin to give thanks for his goodness as his presence shows up and he begins to shift everything. In just a moment, I'm going to call up some testimonies. Don't leave me hanging up here. I want, to, I want to have a few testimonies, and I, want, I need you to keep them kind of quick um, because I want to pray for people before. and we're about out of time. We are out of time. I didn't realize it was 1230. So with that being said, is there anybody that would like to share a few? Te- well, okay. Um, y'all didn't leave me hanging. Okay. Well, I have, I have one, one, one rule, two rules. One, you're not preaching. I am. <laughs> And two, I need you to keep them kind of quick so we can fit everything in. So um, just come on up, and we'll go through them as quickly as we can. Would you mind helping me out real quick? It's okay if we have five or six. It's fine. Seven, eight, 20, 30. Um, <laughs> um, this is good. Jesus is doing things. Um, so here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. As they share, some of you are going to f- feel they're sharing exactly what I'm going through that's great because it was just released in the room that he'll heal you and he'll touch your life and so as they share that if you feel that resonating open up your heart because God will do something so here just go down actually come up here one by one that way people that are watching at home they can receive this too
2: why don't you tell us a little bit about what
3: happened well God gave me a house (laughs) Um, a year ago um 28th, 27th, the Lord gave me a download about Abraham and Sarah, and about that they would hold the promise in their hand this time next year. Well, that day is Thanksgiving Day. (laughs) And about 10 days ago, and I painted a painting over there about God's faithfulness. That's what that painting represents. And I've been painting, painting every month, or every couple months this year, and just sharing the story of my life and what God's doing in it. But you guys don't know all the stories behind that, but I don't have time to tell that because John de- John's preaching. <laughs> so, John knows what he's doing. as quick and short as I can say it, 10 days ago, I asked a crazy question of a person, and most of you probably saw it posted on Facebook, but there's a house in Kings Mountain. Now, I had a dream when I lived in Kingswood in Texas, and I had a house then, and I laid that dream down in Kingswood and God is resurrecting my dream on Kings Mountain oh, thank God. That's so cool. and, um, I'm going to rent a house for a year thanks to a beautiful man in this church body who has a house available and I'm going to start an Airbnb and I'm going to create houses of peace Wow. and a year ago, almost a year ago I stood on the stage and gave testimony about how God gave me money and how I wanted to start a housing project and that's happening come on
1: come on hey, uh, so,
0: so if there's something in that that resonates in your spirit whether it be you need a home you need provision for something like that or a dream that's yet to come I want you just to raise your hand. Yeah, okay. So what does that mean? It was just released in the room. So I speak. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Raise your hand. Do it again. Do it again. In Jesus' name. Do it again. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Thanks. I feel it. I got goosebumps. Hey Sam. <laughs> I don't
4: like standing in front of people. <laughs> So, mine was physical healing. Um, about a year and a half ago, when I started coaching, um, I had this weird pain in my elbow. Um, I don't know if it was tennis elbow arthritis. I don't know what it is. But it was worse when I would spot. And then when we took over the gym and I started coaching 24-7, it got really bad um, to the point I started being fearful to... To spot and do things because I didn't want to drop a kid. <laughs> um, and then several months ago, um, sitting right back there, and you prayed for healing um, in the body, and I I claimed it, and I felt like he had healed it, but I couldn't like really test it. I mean, I could have tested it out, I guess, but. I um, wasn't doing cartwheels in the middle of. So, it's okay. We've had it. <laughs> and um, so I went to the gym, and I as soon as I walked in that Monday, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna start doing handstands and see if it hurts." And um, I started doing them, and they didn't hurt. And I started spotting; it didn't hurt. And it has been months, and I have had absolutely no
2: pain yes. whatsoever. Come on. it was in my
4: elbow right here so like when I would spy it would feel like it was collapsing
0: does anybody have pain in their elbows or in their arms they need healing yes Yes. okay in Jesus name right now we just testified to it so the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy do it again do it again man I get goosebumps every time I say that do do it again do it again You gotta check it, guys. Make sure you check it, because at the end we're gonna have more people that got healed. I mean, check it at the end. You can check it now if you want. But...
2: <laughs> yeah. One second. Um, if you have an have an injury or a pain that keeps you from your livelihood, is yeah, interrupting you from from. Making a living, can you also raise your your hand?
0: hand. Raise your hand. Anything that would be.
2: I release right now the power of God over your body. I take authority over every sickness and disease, every pain, every ailment right now in the name of Jesus. And I tell it it to go and the healing of God be released into your body right now. And that you'd be prosperous in the job that God has given you.
0: Healing is happening in the room. I feel it. I feel it feel it. Check it. Come on up. Thanks, Sam. So. You guys can scoot down if you want.
5: Thanks. Um, okay, so when I was yeah. thinking about what testimony to share, because I have a million of them that I feel like I could share from the time that I was here, right? So I was like, Lord, should I talk about the time that the first day that I walked through these doors, you met me over there as I kneeled down during mm-hmm. worship and you showed me that I was like Mary crying at your feet and you healed my heart um, and then I thought well maybe I should talk about the time <laughs> that you called out my ear yes. and you felt your ear pop open yeah. and yeah. my ear actually got healed Amen. for the second time That because the enemy likes to mess with me and be like oh no that didn't really happen but it did uh-huh. um, but then I heard the Lord say no tell about the time during worship during the first reformers gathering that I baptized you with fire. Mm. So if anybody was here during the first reformers gathering, during um, Matt and Carla Stinton's worship, the first night that they worshiped, or it was the second night, it was the second night. Um, the, you know, I was just like dancing and doing my thing, worshiping the Lord. And the Lord asked me to lay down. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. It's really crowded. And I look, and there's this perfect spot. So I lay down. And all of a sudden, like, just this heat comes over my body. Um, And it was such an intense heat. I literally was, like, sweating profusely, but I was laying perfectly still. My mind was perfectly clear. I was completely aware of everything that was happening around me. But I couldn't move. um, And and I didn't want to get out of that position anyways. (laughs) And um, so I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, what are you doing? And I heard him say, I'm baptizing you with holy fire. And it lasted like an hour. And the next day, um, when we came back, um, a friend of mine had a dream about me laying on the floor. And she said, I saw Jesus doing brain surgery on you when you were laying on the floor. And so in that hour... Of time I laid in his presence and was being consumed with holy fire. Um, He renewed my mind, he refined me in this fire. And you know how. super mario brothers when you eat the fire flower (laughs) and you like you get bigger and you're like i can throw fire (laughs) um that's kind of where i live now and um
1: the spirit of
3: prophecy
0: i think this is kind of all of you but um let's let's do it this way i feel more specifically if you would really like for just uh, the fire of god in your mind I felt the peace on your mind was the word for this. Just raise your hand. I'm going to release that right now. Whether it be something that, that, yeah, in Jesus' name. We say, do it again. Do it again, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. And do it again in this room. And we release a baptism of fire in this room. Over these folks that have their hands up. Baptism of fire. That would refine their thinking. Would refine their minds. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just tell him thank you. Thank Thank him, thank him, even if you don't feel it yet. Thank you, thank you. Those of you that, um, I feel this very specifically, that have ministry hurt, like you've been a part of a ministry that maybe even failed, specifically to you, I speak over you that the fire of God would refine your mind again and would burn out everything that has been trying to make a residence in your mind. It would be driven out. It would be driven out in Jesus' name.
3: Thanks. Thanks. Hey, hey. What happened, Brittany?
6: Um, so a lot. Um, it's not like a physical healing or anything like that, but it's more like spiritual and emotional. So... A lot of my life, I've just been, I've felt overlooked, and I've always wanted more, always been hungry for more, but just kind of where I grew up, um, just the religious spirit was very prevalent, and there wasn't hunger, there wasn't risks taken or anything like that, but coming here, just being surrounded by family, I feel empowered, and... um, Just the Lord has been teaching me about vulnerability and opening up and not having to just go alone and grow so that I can present myself fully ready to lead and do all the things that he's destined me for. But to actually grow with people and to to grow like in the midst of like even here, just stepping out like together, like with people beside me and not having to just first get myself all strong and stuff like that. Um, there's been dreams that I didn't know that I let go of that's been reignited. Come on. Um, new dreams that come I didn't on. even know that I wanted to have. Um, <laughs> and I just feel like I can grow and actually build here. And uh, it's a safe place. And it's not even just spiritual leaders that are here, but it's um, mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters that I've formed family with. And yeah, yeah just great. Oh, it's
0: good. Come on, sit here. That's, that's really good because that's called becoming a, a daughter <laughs> she's walking and becoming a powerful daughter and that's something that um, that ties back into the dreams and callings but I want to go after that one more time so if you're in the room and there's dreams that have died or even oh, let's go here. how about this too if you feel like you're in a place without dreams raise your hand
3: come on.
0: Yeah. raise your hand come on don't be bashful in Jesus name in Jesus' name, the testimony that was just released in the room. Do it again. Do it again. For those of you that feel like you need family, this goes for you too. If that's you, put your hand up. You just you feel there's a I need to be planted more in family. There's a grace for that that she's carrying right now. And we release that. The scripture that says you plant the lonely in families. You can be in a group of people and still be lonely. So we pray that the grace that plants the lonely in family would happen. I release that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to have to keep moving. Hey,
2: how are you? Good. Good. Um, several, I about three months ago, uh, Jes- Jessica Shelton um. I looked at her and she looked just like my daughter, and my daughter has been wanting to get pregnant, and she's had some miscarriages. Well, we went and asked uh, Jessica to pray for her, and we just found out that our daughter's going to have. a baby. <laughs> 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 That's yeah. nice. uh,
0: I love it when that happens. That's one of the prophetic, th- well, not to us, like we're done, but um, like) uh, um, <laughs> I love it when God highlights someone and they look like someone else and so often that's him speaking so um, ah, how do I want to do this whether it's for you or for someone that you know don't worry you won't, you won't catch it by accident alright <laughs> so, all the women that are done are like putting their head down No, I'm shooting that over here <laughs> Whether it's you or whether it's someone that you know that's believing for a child and they've not been able to, um, I want you to raise your hand right now. Thanks, thanks. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. This is a big deal. This is really hard if someone's believing for a child and they've not had one. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray that you would do it again. The miracle that you just worked for this family, Father, do do it again, do it again, do it again. We expect a lot of babies. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right.
1: Hey, all ahead. right. Um, I just noticed I took the paper, but um, this is kind of, I guess, a ministry testimony. I don't know, but um, I God has commissioned me and, and called me into some ministry stuff. And two weeks ago, I went to a homeless night, and there was one person that stood in my heart who had a really big hunger for God, and he was homeless. And I told him, I gave him the address of the church, and he's right back there. He actually came. So I'm gonna have to rewatch the whole service because I've yes. been trying to speak sign language to him and write the whole sermon down back and forth. Um, But he wants more of God, and he doesn't know that I might have a job for him to change his whole life around. So um, God is really doing good stuff. Wow. Come on. Yes. Yeah, he wants it. And um, I I also want to say, if you guys have any food or... um, Socks, or I don't know why you would carry socks in your purse. But if you have anything that you might feel in your heart you want to give to him, please yeah, do. Cool. He has a hunger for God, cool. and um, he is deaf, mute, and Hispanic. So uh, this is an American church. So I've been translating your sermon, okay? I've been translating your sermon and trying to, you know, speak to him. So yeah, he um, he really wants God. So. And it. I'm believing, I'm standing in healing for his ears. Yeah. I told him that. I wrote it so many times that I, he, he's going to get healed. Yeah. So
0: um, Can I have a couple of members of my team go back with my friend back here? And we're going to pray for his ears. Um, they can continue to pray, but um, I'm going to start the prayer. And um, David, yeah, if you could go back there. And um, we're going to pray for him. Yes. Yeah, yes. in Jesus' name. Uh, speak to your ears. That was something that was prophet, uh, spoken earlier by Kelly. She said her ears open. In Jesus' name. Yeah, go pray for him. Yeah, get open your ears now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We speak to everything that's physically going on there. Open your ears. And we speak over you. The, the, the muteness would be removed as well. And you will speak, and you will hear. You will speak, and you will hear. In Jesus' name, I speak over you. In the name of Jesus, you will speak, and you will hear. And oh, I know anyone else with, oh, needs a hearing, a miracle in their hearing. In Jesus' name, healing. In Jesus' name. You guys can continue to pray back there if you'd like. Um, continue to pray with him. If anybody wants to bless him, you can give him cash too. <laughs> if you don't have so- socks, you can give him some money.
2: Well, the last several weeks, my family and I have been getting attacked massively. Uh, in the area, of, well for me, in the area of futility and suicide. And Jesus, last night, through a prophet from Scotland, came and ministered to me and I had a massive shift in the area of futility and the area of hope. Now what does the gate have to do with all of this? Well, we are located in Charlotte, a giver city and a ruler county. And like the combination of the giver and the ruler comes the highest release of industry. Translation, there is an anointing here on this church to get things done and the resources to accomplish them. You are not poor, and I'm not talking just about cash here. I'm talking about tools, trades, relationships, the little niches, the portals and structures in the Spirit, and the raw materials that the Lord is sending here, like a spiritual UPS and a spiritual Federal Express, to drop off the materials so things can be built, and it's not just about cash. Gay, I bless you with the salve to see the resources that are around you and it will get things done in the lives of the family. Y'all are a catalyzing institution.
0: Yes. Stay here. So you don't have to raise your hand, but I'm gonna pray over you in the name of Jesus. Those of you that have been dealing with the spirit of death yes. and the spirit of suicide and it's been I, I, I heard it echo in my spirit the moment he said that. You don't have to raise your hand. Holy Spirit sees you. I speak life over you right now. I speak as a few people over here. Specifically over here, I feel there's others, but I speak life over you. I speak life over you. I speak life over you. In Jesus' name, he'll do it again. Every resource that's needed right now, we release it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There's so much happening. Come on, last one real quick. Yay, save the best for last. All right, come on up. Um,
1: how you doing? So um, we've been praying about Reunification, You have been talking about families coming together. Yes. And um, my mother was living in Charlotte like 18 years, but we were like in, strangers. And since so I've been coming to um, to the gate, she's come too, like we're now we're friends. Wow. And God said, like in the foundation class, he said, let me finish what I started. Wow. And I, he said yeah, I had to participate in that. So I said, okay, I, let me get out the way, I submit. And now she called, I say, Hi, give a wow. look, you know, talk to her. So that's a good thing. Come on. Come on.
0: Let's
1: see you.
0: We're gonna release restoration of relationships. Yeah. Um By the way, I saw you this morning. I was up in my truck. I saw you like jogging in the church to get into prayer before it was over. It was amazing. She was like hauling it from her car like I'm not going to miss prayer. I was getting in my vehicle. I'm like, she's hungry. She's hungry. All right, restored relationships. I'm going to have everybody stand up, and we're going to also close here in a moment. But um, I want to release this. If you need a a restoration of a relationship specifically in family, raise your hand right now. There's something that needs to be restored. All right. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the testimony that was just released. We thank you for the testimony and we say, Lord, do it again. Even in the situations where it looks like it's impossible, where there's been no one present, or maybe just a lack of presence, or even where there's just been an unhealthy presence, we say, do it again. Do it again. I also release with it a spirit of the forgiveness that is needed. I release forgiveness. You need to forgive he won't force his way through I release forgiveness in Jesus name now here's what we'll do You can go. thank you thank you I'm way over my time and we also have a lunch for a bunch of people that went through our foundations class so I have to stop but if you've been in this room and there's been testimonies that have been, been given and let's, let's say this way you feel God is moving let's start there feel God is moving on you, I want you just to put your hands up. Put your hands up. Thank you, Jesus. Now, put your hands up. In Jesus' name, I, re- I release the fullness of what you're doing. The fullness of what you're doing. Now, if God's healed something completely, I want you to wave your hands. Something has been waved, completely healed. I want you to wave your hands before we're done. Just try it out. Check it. Some of them are emotional. That's okay. Check it and wave. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, thanks, God. Thanks, God. Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you that you are healing everyone in this room. Thank you, Father, for what's happening in the spirit realm. And Lord, it is our greatest desire. Father, we want to be a welcoming place for everybody, but most importantly, we want to be a place where you're welcomed. So we tell you we've made a place for you.
1: We welcome you. In Jesus' name.